Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Today we're getting into our first episode of our new series as we talk about the internet. Today we kind of give the basic timeline of the internet that we interacted with and talk about us growing up with the internet as it was developing itself. So stay tuned. Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to today's episode of Where Are We Now? Elizabeth and I are realizing how necessary it is to kind of detail the evolution of internet life, which includes internet terms, some of like the tropes that we've already touched on, but they're different for the internet. Like, you know, girl boss is an internet term, not a movie term. And the more I talk to older people, the more I realize these terms mean nothing to them if they've heard of it at all. But to people our age, it's like, I don't know, it was important for identity purposes. So let's get into it. I'm excited because for those of you who don't know, I am three years, two and a half years, two-ish, three-ish years older than Ivy. And even though that doesn't sound like that should be a gap, in internet years, that's like a decade, I feel like, which is what we're realizing. So I'm kind of excited today to get both of our opinions because we both had a, like more... I feel like I was properly on the tail end of Facebook being a thing like when I was in middle school. And so I feel like I'm going to have a little bit of a different experience than you as we go through sort of each platform, which is so interesting. It only being I graduated high school in 2015 and you were only two years, three years after, right? Two, only two years after. And so I'm really excited to see because as Ivy says, I don't think we realize that what you participate in these formative years really influences actually when we're having these dialogues with people, you know, in different generations, it really changes how you uh, talk about certain cultural, th- like even news, like just like the framework and the vocabulary you use. So that's why I'm excited to go through this. So Ivy, where are we starting off? Like what is phase one? Okay. Well, I just want to give a quick example real quick of the generational like disconnect. And then we can start. I feel like I can't start with my space because that really wasn't like my time. So we can probably just get right into Facebook. But um, my little small anecdote is I was talking to a man in his 50s who is our adult bestie, Ryan. And like I was talking about life, like life being influenced by the concept of girl boss, because we've talked about this before. That was like such a thing for me middle to high school it was like you wanted to be that it was like a way to identify yourself and your goals and what you wanted and he was like I've always had girl bosses and I'm like no it's not like girl space boss I'm like it's all one term and I was like and it means this and this and this and he was like just not getting it at all I sent him like an article about like the demise like the rise and fall of girl boss culture And he responded back with like, I don't understand like the point of this article. I told you I've always had girl bosses. And he's like, 
why don't we use the term like boy boss too? And I was like, because like that, you are just missing all of it. But every time he would say boy boss, I was just like dying. I was like, never say that again. But they don't like view it as like, it doesn't hold the same meaning basically, but it's not even like there's room to fully understand it. It's, I guess what I'm interested in, in our conversation today is that it is specific to people in our age range and it means more because of like, yeah, there's something interesting about growing up and having all of these terms come out and be exposed to them all the time. As you are trying to figure out your identity, all of these identifying terms are coming out like that. Obviously it would have more meaning to us, but (laughs) so Facebook, actually, I don't know. Did you was MySpace like relevant to your life? So I feel like I have a slightly confusing view of these things because I have much older siblings. Like my closest in age sibling is five years older than me, which in like an internet world, again, that's like a decade easily, or like that's a whole platform that I missed. So I would just love to start with, I have an 11 year older, whatever, I don't know what the hell I'm saying, brother, we have a big age gap. And he was like the proper MySpace generation. He was Mr. Sidekick, Mr. Blackberry, like, you know, being all cool. And I've only interacted with it via him. So I never had a MySpace. I'm going to say the first profile I had online was definitely Facebook. And I definitely got it in middle school when I was in sixth grade. I got it in sixth grade when I was in middle school because... Remember, Facebook was originally created just for college. And I mean, that was the whole concept to like find everyone at Harvard, right? That's why Mark Zuckerberg created it, I'm pretty sure. And then it was like to link other people in different colleges. And then it trickled down to high school. And that was like a big deal too. Because I'm remembering my sister was in high school when it trickled down to high school. Because remember the whole concept was you had to put in what school you were at, right? Wasn't that a big part of it? And then it trickled down to a middle school, I guess, by the time I was in middle school. So I feel like I'm willing to embarrass myself on the internet. I'm promising all of our listeners I will post my first profile picture when we release this episode. You can all see it. I was literally 12 years old, brace face, I think like a bow. I think I'm probably going like, I thought like winking was cool at this time. It was also, this is a great way to mark timestamp exactly how I entered Facebook. But my profile picture, I think 100% was taken on my friend's iMac on photo booth, which I mean, that was the coolest thing you could do. You had to take the photo booth. Like that was also a key part of that year. I want to say this was 2010, but I can check my Facebook and get back to you. But I want to say that I probably joined around 2010, 2011, 12. And that was my first profile, but it was the Facebook era where you literally said, it was where you did status updates and it was Elizabeth Reedy is, and you would be, you know, feeling funky, fun and cool. And then like putting like a emoji and then like a photo of yourself being like, literally taking on photo booth. So that's when I entered. I entered peak Facebook. Like it was at the height of what? TikTok is to the kids these days. I was properly entering at that time at its peak. The photo booth thing is absolutely hilarious because I wanted a MacBook 
specifically for photo booth. And I would like try to explain it to my parents. They were like, just use a normal computer. Like just, just use the computer that you have. And I was like, I can't explain to them that like how important it is to have photo booth for the sake of profile photos. That's absolutely hilarious. But okay. I also made a Facebook profile when I was in middle school, sixth grade as well. And it was very weird. This is the other thing that I don't know if this is like niche to my like region of growing up or if this is like an age thing or what. I actually haven't talked to enough people about this, but there I don't know what I want to call these like social media is not the right term, but there are a lot of other platforms around the same time for me when Facebook was big to kind of interact as well. Like, let me think. Um, Ask Ask FM FM was was major. major. That wasn't a thing where I was at all. Okay, do you know like the premise of that? No, I don't know if I've ever even heard of it. Okay. Basically, Ask FM was like this website where you would make a profile and it wasn't like a profile in the way where it says a lot of information about you. It was like name photo. And people would send you messages anonymously and you would post the answers. So it was like a way in middle school to like find out, like really everyone was interested in like who likes who, like you would like message, like your crush, like, what do you think of? And then put your name. It was like a huge drama thing. Like it was basically like, let's talk about people anonymously. The best cases it was about crushes and the worst cases it was like trashing people like or finding out what people think about you, which is like a mess for middle schoolers. Like middle school is an evil place. Like, and it was banned at our school. Like after the first, like, I would say halfway through sixth grade, probably like there was like a statement like put out by our school. Like if we were on the app, like, or on the website, like on our phones in class or something, like we would get in trouble. Like teachers knew to like look for the logo. And I might be remembering this incorrectly. I would have to do a deep dive, but I'm almost certain that their logo was similar to Facebook. I think their colors were blue and white. So that's kind of interesting that like they were already like, you know, so there was that. But then also very weird. Another thing that I this really is probably just like the school that I went to that people were like very involved on Skype because that was like before FaceTime. That was before, like, the way people, this is, like, pre-Zoom, obviously. I don't know what the appeal was, but, like, people, I think part of the appeal, actually, is, like, in middle school, at least in sixth grade, you're not really doing, like, everyone's hanging out together yet. Like, it still is, like, girls hang out with girls and boys hang out with boys. And sometimes we'll, like, meet up at, like, someone's boy-girl birthday party. Oh, yes. So what do you even do on Skype? It's like, again, like a profile in the sense that like it has your name and like they had status updates, which is kind of how it's like Facebook. Like people would just post song lyrics or like inside jokes. Inside jokes are huge in middle school. And then, yeah, it's like FaceTime. Like you literally just, it's video calling. And this is so old that at the time you could only video call one person at a time. Like it wasn't like a conference call. Later, it became more conference call-y if someone would, like, pay for it. And whoever had that was the best. Like, you always wanted to be on, like, their calls because it meant, like, more people. 
And it was very weird though, because it was a bridge, like at least in my viewpoint of social media, because people like the middle school thing, like you can see where people go to school on Facebook. And at the time, like people were just obsessed with having like more friends on Facebook because it meant more likes already. So you would just add random fucking people all the time. I'm like, oh, this is a friend of a friend of a friend, like add. And like the way you would meet these people though, was like, you would add them on Facebook and then you would kind of like go off on like the Facebook chat and then you would Skype and like meet someone that way for people in my area. This may be like a totally isolated experience. I wouldn't No, Ivy, you're on to something because what I'm realizing, because I was like, what do you even use that for? I definitely, we use Skype too, but it wasn't as a social media platform. It was to meet your SAT tutor. Like that was my interaction with Skype initially it was like literally to meet all my tutors or something or like my college count you know, like all of those sort of things because i guess that would have been around while i was in high school because if you're that sort of age difference behind me but i what you're making me realize it was because of like the status updates it was more it wasn't even really about like the platform it was doing it like this was the era of the status update is what we're getting at is like on facebook you're doing that it's kind of what you're doing on myspace as well it's like just straight up text but not in the twitter way isn't it so interesting that Twitter has become like a tweet is definitely different than a status update, but in technicality, it's like the same format. If you, I mean, except for the character limit, but like no one was doing really rants on status updates. It was like, like I said, it was like, is da 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 da. And that was it. And that is essentially what you could do on Twitter. But that's so interesting that it's taking a different form. But what I was going to say is the way you're describing meeting people. My age, people, it was like the internet was still a little too new and parents were like, no, you do not meet people online. Like, you do I feel also, I was thinking about it when you were talking about how Ask FM kind of got banned at your school. I feel like my age group was like the first age group that someone would come and talk to you about cyberbullying. Yeah, okay, so same, Ivy's like, yes, same with her. I feel like our age group is the first age group that that was like a concept that they would talk to you about in school and be like, you can also get in trouble if you're doing stuff online. And like, we're monitoring people's Facebooks and like schools started having their own Facebooks and like would communicate that way to like parents. So I think we were the first generation that real, I mean, we are, we were sort of, for that to be so intertwined into our academic life. Like the first time, I guess you're acknowledging that the impact of an online life impacts your offline life. That's really what I feel like we were on the cusp of and why it was so <laughs> good and bad, you know, as we're developing. And <laughs> when you were saying that, I was like, wow, that was really the first time these few years in middle school is like, we were the first group of middle schoolers to be told like, stop cyberbullying someone. And it's so funny because like the cyberbullying talks had such range. Like it would start with like, you could be kidnapped by speaking to someone online. Like that was the original, it was like a safety thing. Like for me, we were told like, you know, people aren't always who they say they are online. That was like the first, it's interesting that that started from the very beginning, because now like our idea of that, like 
that's already so we know that but now it's shifted to like oh people are just like portraying themselves differently but it is like the actual same person do you know what I mean like people are showcasing their best self like online and in that way they're not who they say they are (laughs) but originally it was like oh like a 40 year old pedophile in Nevada could be like messaging you on Facebook as like a teen girl stranger danger that's right and it started as that and then it was like it became more of like I don't know. I just never experienced it the way that like we were supposed to be fearing it. I don't think like I never had the direct like that was such a thing in like ABC family movies for a bit, like getting messages that are like, you're gross, kill yourself. Like, you know what I mean? And then like the girl from like it was Lily from Hannah Montana was like in one of those movies and was like, "Okay, I will. You know, and it was just very like, and same with 13 Reasons Why, like a lot of like the direct bullying. I don't know if I just like was lucky to not like experience that. But again, so I Googled Ask FM to like make sure that I was not making up the logo. It was dark blue with white letters. And I read the Wikipedia like description. And it does say it was once a form of anonymous social media that encouraged questions to be submitted anonymously. It's from Latvia, which is weird. But anyways, what I think is kind of interesting, too, is like even the evolution of like the logos, like Facebook really set the premise for like the blue with the white. And then we get Ask FM, which is blue and white. And then we get Tumblr. And Tumblr is the last social media like major out of like the recent ones that still engaged in like the anonymous participation like and their logo is blue and white but yeah you could ask questions to whoever you wanted anonymously on tumblr and like obviously we don't have that now i just remembered another this is further along in the evolution so we can come back to it but my last time participating in an anonymous social media format was yik yak do you remember yik yak Please tell me. Yes, that was another. That's the evolution of Ask FM. Like, Yik Yak was also banned at my school, but it was high school by the time this circled around. It was in college when it came out. My first year of college is when Yik Yak came out, which meant it was going wild on campus because it was the perfect. Like, in college, they can't do anything about it, really. And so, Yik Yak was the thing, and it was like ratting out everyone. It was beautiful. I was obsessed with Yik Yak because I never posted anything, but I would just go on there. And because I was, you know, I wasn't a loser. I had a lot of friends, but I didn't go out. And so I didn't, it was like impossible for me to ever be on Yik Yak. Like I was never the one getting yicked at, um, whatever the verb we're going to say. But, um, I was obsessed with it because I was like getting the tea from a distance and that is truly the last form of a non, like, this anonymous concept. But I think the Tumblr concept is a different sort of anonymous because that's like the blogger girl concept. It's still like a brand. It's just not yourself. And that we can talk about too. There was an age where you were a blogger and you weren't an influencer. There was a shift. Like the shift from, yes, Ivy's like, yes, you're onto this. But there is a definite shift from when you wanted to be 
So you could say initially it was like, you're kind of going to be unknown. Then Facebook comes out, that shifts it up a little bit, but there's still these other concepts that are pretty anonymous. And that's when blogs become, so you're, you know, if you're a baker, you're cupcake glitter 47, and that's your blog and you're super famous. Like you can be. And those are the original girls that I was following were all those like, um, Gary Pepper girl. And do you remember her or, um, Tula? There was those few, I'll think of them, but, um, they were all sort of, you knew who they were, but their brand wasn't like their name. It was like, they are glitter girl 47 or whatever. And that shift is interesting. Like this personal brand shift. We also, okay, there's so much in the blogger thing. There's just so much. But my initial thought too was like, in terms of evolution, the blogger to YouTube pipeline that then creates an influencer is how I view that. Like the blogs of like my time, I'm trying to remember their names. Why can't I remember their names? But I hardly participated like in reading their blogs like that was less my thing maybe because I was like a middle schooler (laughs) but like that age of British YouTubers it was like they were all just like a little click and they were like the two main like makeup girls and then that was like around the time too, like One Direction became important and everyone was obsessed with like British life here. That all like, I don't know. And then they became influencers. They were like the first real big YouTubers to me. And now who, who was? I know I, I can't remember their names. It was, oh, Zoella maybe. And I can't remember the rest, but all of her- Zoella, Alfie, Joe, her brother. Like you said, there was a whole group of them and they, in my opinion, are like, that's the same age of like Tyler, what's his face. When I hear YouTuber, this is who I think of is this era that, and this is, I want to say 2010, 2012-ish, right? Probably is when, and these people at the time, it's so funny if you look at their numbers now, it's like kind of embarrassing. I think TikTok has kind of like skewed our idea of what numbers should be because like people on TikTok have like 15 million followers in like a month but on youtube they had like a million subscribers and back then a million subscribers was like they were insanely famous like that was insanely famous back then and who else was that era it'll come back to me but oh my gosh tim chapman and what's her name tamara or something remember they were a couple and they it was like you said british life like style makeup yeah this isn't British life but the other person who was like really big for people my age in middle school it was like okay you were either obsessed with like the British life or you were watching just like commentary or like stories that were funny so that was like Glozell and you were talking about Tyler Oakley and Jenna Marbles like those were like the comedians like but for children like I do not think people their age were watching their videos it was like middle schoolers who thought hearing someone say shit and fuck like publicly was like hee hee like that's so funny you know the audience is always younger which is so interesting that's still a true concept I was talking about this with someone actually recently and all those TikTok boys who are our age or a little bit younger, you know, 22, whatever, 20, 
Their audience is literally like 12 year old girls, which is frightening. How do we feel about that? That was a big, like, I just need your thoughts. That it's true. I think that's always going to be a thing. And it's actually kind of genderless because like, I think of that in terms of like the pop stars too, like Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, like those people still have really young audiences. And like Ariana Grande is, has a song side to side is about like limping after sex. And like, she has children fans and like, it's not their responsibility to like tailor to their audience of children. Like it just so happens that children like that kind of, and that's, what's interesting about it. Sometimes I'm like, maybe the audience is younger just because when you're younger, you're not really looking for specific things that you like. You're kind of engaging with just what is really popular because it's like most readily available to you. And I think that's part of it. Like, they're all big name people on TikTok. They're the big name people. Like, it's just easy to find. You're exposed to it more maybe before you get older and you're like, oh, it's not cool to like popular things. I'm going to be cool and like these secret small things. That's where the Tumblr girl comes in. She was the girl who was like, I'm sick of Facebook or I'm sick of, I don't know. Maybe you have a better idea. I didn't actually have a Tumblr. So... I, maybe I did. Actually, I did. And it was definitely a preppy girl Tumblr. It was definitely like a Lily Pulitzer monogram Tumblr. Oh my gosh, I need to go find that. Again, I don't mind exposing myself. I'll sit, like, get ready world. Here come the screenshots. Here come the receipts. We're going to find that Tumblr. I just have to find it. But it was something probably like Lizzie something. I mean, I'm sure it was something like that. But... I want your thoughts as a, I'm not going to call you a Tumblr girl, but I feel like you don't mind that title. But I actually also want to talk about like that title and why it becomes a sort of nasty title. But also the Visco girl. I feel like both of those are sort of intertwined and like, why are those titles kind of like, ew. Please tell me your thoughts on the Tumblr girl being a reaction to not like partaking in the mainstream. Okay, honestly, I could do just an entire episode on Tumblr because it is precious to me, and I am not embarrassed to admit that, and I'll explain. I also have all the receipts, but so when I think about it, though, yeah, of course, like, Tumblr was very much so, it was, like, to avoid mainstream interests and life, and When I think about like how even the way it functioned was like that, I don't know anyone whose Tumblr, it's not like Instagram where like your account can be found under your first and last name. And it wasn't like a blog in terms of saying like style girl, whatever, whatever. Like it was edgy. Like my friend's Tumblrs were like numbers. Kayla's was like velvet-ish and like mine definitely went through like changes of like titles, but it was very, yeah, it was not public. And the cool thing about Tumblr though, is like, if you knew, you knew that is where that started. Because like, if your friends knew your account without, like you could not see who was following who you could not see how many followers somebody had. (laughs) Elizabeth is asking me, Are hipsters connected to Tumblr? I think, yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyone that was like trying to not, it's like a place to 
basically share your taste. And it's like, it didn't have to be like the, I guess like with what I was engaging in, yeah, it was very like, oh, I don't want to do like the mainstream things. Like I thought I was too cool for that. And my friends and I would like get irritated when like the cool girls of middle school would like make a Tumblr or something because we were like, no, that's not for you. Like you already have it all. Like leave Tumblr to like the lesser people. (laughs) But I had it forever. Like I used it like all of middle school, all of high school. I still sometimes go Mm -hmm. on it. It's not as interesting as it once was, but it was actually like I... Yeah, my defense of Tumblr is that it is the superior social media. Like you could post videos, text, photos. I got in trouble in middle school and my parents found my Tumblr. And like the reason for that (laughs) is because like they could not understand. Tumblr is like referred to as a blog, but it's not a blog in the traditional sense of like, it still is like othered like it still is not like mainstream blogging in terms of like here's a recipe here's my post it's like it's hardly a blog like I don't know why it was really called that at all like a lot of it it was really just like a place to like portray your interests like visually and like you would reblog like people's posts so like their photos would show up like on your account your page so like if someone typed in like my url none of those photos are mine none of the words are mine unless like excuse me i originally posted something which was like hardly ever the case like you were only really kind of like platforming other people's stuff all the time but like what was amazing about that and again like in my defense of tumblr being the best is that like I was exposed to so much on Tumblr that I would have never been like growing up in a small town in the South. And I think Tumblr is what changed my political views. Because again, this is like in the years of identifying yourself and like trying to understand yourself. And like, we've been over this, like I come from a very conservative family, a very conservative town, like I wouldn't have been exposed to any alternative if like I didn't have something like this where people were going on like their political rants and posting articles all the time and like obviously there's like downfalls to like a lot of things on Tumblr people talk about like the dark era of Tumblr which is like when people were obsessed with like thigh gaps and eating disorders and people would post like that was the crazy part about Tumblr was that like nothing was banned so like people could post like self-harm videos or like you know, all kinds of like dark shit that like, you know, things that today we would be like, where's the trigger warning? But (laughs) yeah, exactly. That's why parents were like, oh no, oh no. What I got in trouble for in middle school. (laughs) Oh, this was so funny to me still. So like in the eighth grade, I think I re-reblogged like a photo of a car parked on the street, like when it was snowing. And someone, like, wrote, like, with their finger in the snow on the car, like, we just fucked or something. And I thought it was funny, which is, like, why do I think that? I don't know. I don't know. Again, like, part of middle school is thinking, like, everything is, like, risque and being, like, hee hee, like, you know, it's, like, so, like, fresh and new that and interesting, I guess. But so my mom saw that and she, like, did not understand that it wasn't, like, my photo. So she was, like, what is this? we need to talk about this immediately. Like no phone, no TV, no computer for like three months. 
And I was like, no, no, no. I'm like trying to explain (laughs) that like none of the photos on there are mine. And like, it was just such, that was the other thing. If you knew how it worked, then you knew. Like there were so many people that would not use Tumblr because they were like, I don't even understand how this works. Like the process of like reblogging things, like what does that mean? But like, there was also like such a fun creative element to it where like, you could make your page look however you wanted, which is kind of like stemming from MySpace, from my understanding. Like MySpace was where I think profiles originally, it was like, put your favorite show, like put your favorite movie. Like you could change the background though. Like people would make, there were themes. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly what it was called on Tumblr. And it's so funny because like people now, like there are a bunch of like tweets about like, it's like the picture of like Nicki Minaj, like in front of a computer. And it's like me changing like my Tumblr theme, like in 2012, because you were like literally coding, like you would go to other websites, copy and paste like the codes that you had like no idea, like what that meant. And then you would just paste it on Tumblr and it would like change your whole thing. And then you could just do that like all day long until it looked the way you wanted it to look. You were like curating things that weren't yours (laughs) to look a certain way. Like it was so fun. Tumblr, now that I've heard all of this from you, is like the first like creating like a false identity, but maybe like who you want to be or maybe who you really are. But it's more disconnected from the self, which is so interesting. And I think that's probably why it got so dark. And so I think that like allowed people to go there because they didn't feel like it was necessarily connected to them or like the actual them. But what I think is so interesting is because I can see a lot of parallels there with actually something now like Instagram. I was just thinking about Snapchat. I'm like, how do I want to bring Snapchat into this? But that's like, there's this shift from being anonymous and creating this. I feel like it went from being anonymous to like, please have my face plastered everywhere. And that's an interesting shift. And I think Snapchat is like, literally it's your face. So do you have any thoughts about that shift from anonymous Tumblr to now The funny thing about Instagram is Instagram wasn't even that in the first place. It wasn't like as (laughs) people-centric, may I say, or in its origin. Like, I love this. Ivy said this to me before. She's like, it was Flickr. Like, you know it was Flickr before. And I'm like, it was Flickr. If anyone doesn't know what Flickr, it was a photo sharing website. And it was Flickr. Like, Instagram was the app form of Flickr. And there wasn't, I believe, we were talking about this. There wasn't messaging there was simply liking and commenting and the social part of it though was the liking and the commenting but also the seeing what your friends were liking and commenting on ivy and i briefly talked about this recently and that was such a thing that was a thing to be able to see that is like the recipe for a perfect storm though like they were smart to get rid of that. But like, what's interesting is that like Tumblr had that as well. Like you could like type in someone's URL and then be like slash likes and it would show all their shit unless you changed your settings to keep it private, which is now the same as TikTok. Like it can be public or you can hide the videos that you've been liking. And Instagram has abandoned it altogether, which I think is interesting because they're the most you know, face focused at this point, you know? So I'm like, that just 
adds to like the illusionary self, like in Instagram, you know, it's like, there's my true self, which is actually the fakest of them all, which is like what I'm posting on my stories and like on my Instagram, like grid. And then there's like what I'm actually interested in and engaging my likes, which is private only to me, you know? And like, that's interesting. And the other thing about that, like what you were kind of saying about Tumblr with like the, how it got to like being really dark and things like that. I remember like something that was so interesting about Tumblr too, was like people really used it in a diary kind of form. And like, I think that's where I tell you all the time, I prefer to like, even with the podcast, I'm like, I'd rather strangers listen to it than people close to me. And I think that actually might stem from Tumblr because like a lot of people, a lot of my friends like feel this way too, that like you could post, you know, all in all your teen angst, whatever was going on like on tumblr and like no one would really acknowledge it like there were things that my friends would post on tumblr that they would never like actually have like a face-to-face conversation with me about like dark things like parents being alcoholics or like you know things like that and it got to a point towards the end of middle school where like people would keep their tumblers from their friends because like people started getting like reported to like our school's like guidance counselor for like posting dark things on tumblr and then it was like they'd make you sign the papers that were like i will not kill myself and things like that we never had that that's fascinating it's really crazy you could like reblog like sylvia plus like suicide letter or something like out of thinking that's interesting and then like later like you know, find out that like one of your friends reported you out of being worried, but like it's something that like they would not talk to you about it face to face. They would like report you like to the school's office. And again, that's why like parents and older people were like, what is going on with the internet? Like we need to, you know, like have some sort of talk about what is being shared online. But like again, Like, they hated it because they couldn't censor it. But that's why young people love it. Okay, that's like a mic drop moment. That is exactly why it was killing it. And that is so interesting because that's such a shift from the current day. I am so fascinated. I'm like, honestly, I need to call up, like, maybe, (laughs) like, do we know any 12-year-olds? We do know 12-year-olds. I'm like, hello. And like, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, these girls who are in the thick of it. Let's be honest. They're in the weeds right now. Like it's a rough time. And that's why I think this is also so important. I'm trying to bring it back to like thinking about this evolution of these things and how it sort of mirrors our own evolution as people and, (laughs) you know, becoming ourselves. It's interesting though, because some things never change. Like my younger cousin, is in his like freshman year of high school right now but like he parents like my family members always ask me this my mom's friends that have children always ask me this they're like at what age should I like allow them to have social media and I'm like that's interesting that that's even a concern at this point because like I mean parents like didn't even know if we had it like when we were in middle school you know (laughs) like But, like, they weren't even on Instagram. Like, kids were. Parents weren't. So, like, they didn't even know that we were, like, spending time on that, you know? 
But anyways, I have no idea what age I would say because like to not have it is to be isolating yourself from your peers. Like that is correct. Like there's a lot that you miss in not being involved, but obviously there are a lot of risks with involving yourself too young. But so anyway, with my cousin, like his social media presence when he was in middle school is so exactly like how it was when I was in middle school. I have so many screenshots and so many screen recordings that I'm just saving for when he's older. So I can like, when he deletes all the embarrassing stuff, I'm like, I have it right here. I have it right here. I'm going to like, never let you live this down. Luckily, like we are old enough to where like the things that we don't want to be online have like luckily probably been deleted by us. But also just really quick thinking about like the embarrassing elements of it all. The real beginning of that for me, which is not a social media, but like everyone our age is like so embarrassed by their first email address because it's like something stupid. Mine was like Ivy Toast. Like, you know what I mean? Or like Blondie Bieber, like 27, like at gmail.com and like things like that. Like that started with emails. But like, anyways, so my cousin, like, it's just the thing that doesn't change is like, I remember this being a thing in middle school. Like if your photo didn't get as many likes as you wanted, or like if you didn't get a like a minute or something, like you would delete the post. And like he does that. And then we'll repost it and be like, oh, somehow Instagram deleted it. I'm like, that has never been the case. Like whenever anyone says that, I'm like, we all know, like stop exposing yourself. And like, I like tried to tell him that like in person, I'm like, Cooper, look, like we need to talk about, but I almost don't want to correct it because it is like true to the middle school growing up online experience that like everything that you are doing is embarrassing. Like what you're saying, like the profile photos, when I think of my Facebook profile picture, like I could crawl in a hole, like, you know, like it's stuff that like I never want anyone to see. And like, have you seen the movie eighth grade? Because I actually think that's so true to like online experiences. Okay. We have to watch that. But oh my god yeah everything you're doing is cringy and like you have to let it happen because that's how you become uncringy hopefully later on even though we could just say everything online is always going to be cringy but but there's this idea now that those people aren't going through this cringy period maybe they're going through it and we're just not it's not to our same standard of cringe it's a little actually you know what what's equally as cringy is like tiktok like the concept of what is like doing a TikTok dance out in public so shamelessly is very cringy. Like, let's be honest. Like, in my opinion, that is very cringy. Uh, I don't know, because it still is not that far off. Remember, the way that this came to be was I told you about my theory of the progression of how we got to TikTok was I was in middle school when planking was a thing, which if you don't know what that is, consider yourself lucky. Literally, people would go outside, in their neighborhoods, around town, anywhere, and just lay down on anything, like a fence, a bench, and like, yes, face down, arms out, legs out flat, take a picture and post it. And people would have entire Facebook albums, like planking. And it was like a, I don't know if parkour was before or after planking, but it feels very similar. It was just very like, hey, watch me do something stupid for a sec. Yes. And then like planking turned into dabbing. Dabbing was when I was in high school and it originally started as like people would really pose for photos, like doing that. And then it became cringe. 
I'm also interested in how something popular becomes cringe, like almost immediately or vice versa. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Like there are certain, like in the beginning of when I was in high school, like Migos was very cringy. That was like, if you have bad taste and like, that was a thing that middle schoolers thought was like rap and everyone who was older was like, ha ha ha, like they're listening to Migos. And then there was like a cultural shift where we're like, oh, they're great. Like everyone knows who they are. Like everything's great. And like, I'm trying to think of other examples, like Miranda Cosgrove, like from iCarly, like she was like literally did nothing wrong. Like she's fine. Like she was cool. Like when I was younger, iCarly was like the shit. And now she's a huge meme because people think she looks like Michael Jackson. And like, it's weird how you can go from being normal to memed like instantly or the other way around. People who go from meme to big is more interesting to me, actually. But anyways, so we go from a little sidebar. (laughs) We go from planking to dabbing to like the natural progression of that. Like those are poses. It's like body poses. The in motion version of that is dancing. So we get TikTok. I think those like all make sense in like the grand scheme of like internet evolution. I'm sure there's more in between all of that, but I'm like, TikTok is cringe, but like our version of that was literally posing in the street. Like it has always been kind of public. Okay, so the cringe is real. Like that's what's never going to change, I don't think. Like that's the thing too is like with growing up with the internet, and we're talking about this as like being people who were some of the first to literally grow up with it. Like there are no guidelines for us because we're like the test rats. So like obviously a bunch of like we're learning the hard way like so many things are cringe you know which is why like I could correct my cousin right now I'm like I promise in five years you're gonna be like oh my god like why did I post that but like I'm letting it happen (laughs) but like I don't know yeah we are the test rats we're only gonna find out what's cringe by doing it first and then later becoming embarrassed and I think about this a lot actually this is maybe like a me thing I feel like I tell you about this the thing that I feel the most of like in life feeling wise is embarrassment I'm like everything is embarrassing all the time like that is how I would describe life and I feel like it almost comes from this like self-awareness of like being prepared for when something will be embarrassing again I don't know so you're just doing damage control by just not exposing yourself at all when you put it like that but yeah pretty much I well you said your first Facebook profile photo also something else that needs to be briefly discussed I don't know if this was major for you but like in my era of Facebook Facebook was like went hand in hand with the website picnic which was a photo editing app which like you could put like type and that was like the original like filters like for me like filters were not like just built into your camera or like you know that's also why photo booth was popular was because I was, filters. I was just gonna say so I don't remember specifically I know what picnic is and I do think I probably used it but I do acknowledge that this was the sticker era and the filter era like the sticker era let's talk I guess that was picnic because I wonder how I did was photo booth this is me being old did photo booth have stickers was that where I got them from or did I have to get them somewhere else? Yeah, you had to get them somewhere else. Photo booth was filters like and effects. So like it could change like the color of a photo, but like 
there was like the frog effect, like big eyes and like, you know, things like that. Not that anyone would post those. People were posting like the ones where it looks like you're made into like a drawing and it's like kind of flattering and like, (laughs) you know, but yeah, Picnic was the original like put text and stickers over things and like filter it to the point of like, it does not look like a photo anymore. It's just like deep fried, like deep fried edits. Like, I don't know if you are familiar. That's an internet term too, that like, I don't know how popular that is. But like, I'll post an example of what I'm talking about. The my first Facebook profile picture, I'm like, the one that makes me want to crawl into a hole is that also, I don't know why this was a thing. Like, it was very popular at the time to like, post a photo of you like holding something that says something whether it was like a sign or you would write something like on your hand and like hold your hand out to like kind of like block your face like me holding a sign wearing a beret and one of those like Claire's necklaces that's like long remember the era of very long necklaces for no reason I don't know why that was a thing either see everything was so embarrassing I can't get over it I'm wearing a beret. I have on this photo haunts my nightmares. Like I remember the details of it so clearly. I had this Claire's long necklace that had a big strawberry. That was like the charm. It was literally like the size of my thumb, like height wise, like it was big. I'm wearing that. I'm sitting in my backyard and I just have this sign written in like curly, girly, like little girl handwriting. That's like, you are beautiful. And I'm like holding it out. Like that's the whole post. I'm like hardly in the photo. It's mostly the sign. And that I remember that was like one of my most liked profile photos ever in middle school. And I thought like, and that was kind of what we were talking about in the last episode. The girls like commenting things for you was so interesting. And that was also the era of not being able to accept a compliment. So like, those were the comments. People would be like, no, you're beautiful. No, you're beautiful. It was very like, you couldn't just be like, thank you. I don't know why. Middle school? Is that just a middle school thing? I don't know. I just had to go on Facebook while you were talking about this because as soon as you said deep fried, I go, I bet this last one that's... So really, unfortunately, I've deleted the ones that I'm really talking about, but I can reach out to my childhood friend Miss Ali Sanchez, and she will have them. Because when you said the stickers in the deep fried, I was like, I have the best example of myself. And I'm in my middle school cheerleading uniform. And like, it should be in a gallery. It's the peak cultural relic. But I just found a great deep fried one, which I literally, you're going to crack up when you see this. I found two that are pretty good. I'm like, these will come out with the episode. I No shame sharing. I'm laughing. Okay, can I just read you the comments? I'll show you the photo. I literally, I'm like, I just have to share the screen with Ivy so she can see it. Okay, so here we go. Look at this photo. This is from 2012. It's literally (laughs) a photo of me and my friend in Paris posing. I don't even know how to describe this pose. I don't know what you would call this. This is very topsiders. Those took middle school by storm. That was like, you had to have those. I had those exact same ones in purple. So mine are gold metallic and they're, I think they're like a collab. You know me, just popping off as always. Just kidding. 
this look, I could talk about this look. Like that's definitely a J. Crew cardigan. Those are like some like Tory Burch skinny jeans. I'm wearing like a headband. You can't see that has like a bow on the other. It was very like me trying to be Blair Waldorf, but I was like an eighth grader. So literally the caption is Eiffel Tower exclamation point. I honestly don't know what we were thinking or doing. And then I tag my friend, but amazing. So she comments, love and miss you. And then I respond, I'm uploading more pics. And then I put her name and some of you too. When you get home, put the ones of me too. And then she responds, okay, I won't get home till 11. So I'll try to do it tomorrow. Yay, get home soon. This is maybe my favorite thing I've ever found in my entire life. Wow, I'm sorry. If anything epitomizes like this episode, it's that. Like, I was using this as a form of communication publicly. Like, what was I doing on Facebook? I mean, this was nine years ago. That's okay. Like, my favorite thing ever. That just reminded me. Like, the thing, too, that is a crime. Luckily for you, you can log into that Facebook still. Like, I have friends, and I do too. Like, I have accounts on things that, like, I don't use that email anymore. I don't know the password. There's, like, no way for me to access it and delete it. And my friend from high school, Helen, oh my god, my group of friends found her first Twitter, which is from 2011, when we were in high school. And we used to, like, spam the fuck out of her because we would retweet her embarrassing tweets from 2011 like this randomly is I found them like while you were looking for that omg I hope Selena Gomez is okay all my love to her and like we would always like write that in like her cards and like just tease her about that another tweet Saturday I puked off a boat (laughs) just like and it was like what you're talking about like the status updates hey, it's going to be a big storm. Hope I get some sleep. Like just random, like just saw Nomeo and Juliet. It was so good. My sis got her ears pierced. She started crying. P.S. She's six. It was like just random blurbs of like, know what I'm doing. At the time, this was normal. Like as much as I'm laughing at myself right now, I was probably thinking I was killing it. Like, look at me. I'm in Paris. I'm going to get some more Paris photos for my, um, I don't know if I had the gram at this point. Maybe just have gotten the gram. Oh my gosh, I definitely did because my old gram, wow, this is real sad. But I had a photo that I took the gate of Versailles and on a photo editing app, I made them pink. So it just looked like a pink Versailles and I posted on Instagram and it got a lot of likes and shares. It was like my first viral moment. Which I think is hysterical because that tells you about what Instagram was at that time. This is 2012. I mean, I just want to say, I think I was killing it then. Like, let's be honest, I was killing it. But looking back at this, man, I can't wait for these TikTok kids to just be bamboozled in five years. Well, this is nine years. So nine years, watch out. You're going to be feeling... And hey, what I want to say, wrapping this sort of up, that thought is don't delete it. It's fun to go look at it in nine years. Like, that really gave me a laugh. Ugh, I was having a discussion about this with one of my professors recently because he's a middle-aged man and is like, okay, if young people think, like, the internet and social media is so bad, like, why not just get rid of it? And I think I would say all of this. Like, it is so deeply intertwined with our idea of identity and evolution of self that I don't think there's ever really going to be like a full 
like people take their social media cleanses, of course, but like, I can't imagine a day where I'm never going to have social media. And he, that was another thing we were talking about. I was kind of like alluding to all of this. I was like, yeah, like people get tired of certain platforms, but like there will always be a new social media. I think obviously right now it's TikTok and Instagram. TikTok is taking away from Instagram. And I think the thing that what I will say Instagram is quite good at, and I think why Facebook bought Instagram, Facebook bought Instagram because they knew Facebook was dying out. And then with Instagram, like I think their goal was to keep it more relevant than Facebook. They know Facebook is for older people. Now they're like young people have Instagram. This is our hold on young people. How do we keep them? And they keep stealing stuff from other popular apps. Like the concept of stories, like Snapchat invented that Instagram took it. Like reels are TikToks. They took that from TikTok, but like TikTok does that better. I don't think anyone is going to like, I don't know. I feel like TikTok's here to stay for a while. I don't know what will follow but there have been other social media app like attempts that just never caught on. It's interesting to kind of see like what is necessary for one to stick around. Obviously, the scrolling aspect is like something that's shared between like all of the popular ones. And I mean, I'll still stand by the blue and white logo era, but I think we're always going to have social media. I think the evolution of it is interesting. I think the borrowing of other parts into new forms of social media is interesting, which goes into my bigger theory of, I would describe all of social media as admitting to gross things. Like we don't want to admit that we can live life without social media. We don't want to admit that like you know, we feel validated by it. Like we don't want to act like it's important ever. It just feels so beneath everyone. Yeah, exactly. Everyone wants to say they're off the grid. Everyone wants to be like, oh, I'm t- I don't care about it. Okay, great. That still is not true. <laughs> I don't buy that for a second. Calling everyone out. I guess the point is here is that even if you actually don't care, it's still hits you in a certain way like it's literally inescapable yeah i don't know i guess we would have to do like another i would have to research it and like really talk and survey a lot of people i think to understand what came before it in terms of like presenting yourself i mean was it really just i don't know was it really just you know, you acting a certain way in day-to-day life, that was how people perceived you. That was my other explanation to my professor. I was like, to me, social media is the place where people feel they have the most control of how people are perceiving them. Like, you don't have a lot of that in real life, honestly. And like, that was why celebrities were like all over social media when it first came out was because they didn't need as much PR anymore. They were like, I can speak for myself. I don't need a spokesperson anymore, basically. And like, that is all really something. I think, yeah, like I try to keep that in mind when I'm on people's Instagrams. Like if I'm looking at someone's profile, I'm like, okay, this is how they want me to see them. And that is interesting because X, Y, and Z. And then I have to do that with my own Instagram. I'm like, we're talking about the language of images. I'm like, what am I trying to say? I keep like questioning my intentionality of it more, like from our recent conversations. And I do always have a goal. And my last thought as to why it will not die out 
is because so many people our age, like with this growing up of social media, think in terms of social media, like listening to a song and being like, I'm going to save this as an Instagram caption for later, even though I'm like, I do that all the time. And it's like, that feels gross. Like that's an admitting thing. Like, I don't want to admit that that seems like really fucking weird, but like, am I thinking about the caption for the photos that I have not taken yet that I plan on taking on my spring break trip months away from now? Yes. Like that's crazy, you know, but I don't really feel like that's a experience of just me. And also like we see the reverse of that. Like I would say Drake, like Drake's lyrics just are Instagram captions. Like he writes in Instagram captions on purpose. Like, you know, it goes both ways. We're all thinking about it. We're all thinking about it all the time. I swear. (laughs) Okay. That was a deep closing thought that sounded more like a beginning thought, but I love it. I'm like, we've come to I mean, this is, I mean, I mean, like our listeners know, this is what happens is at the end, we finally come to these great <laughs> realizations. And yeah, to sort of add to, I'll address just the first thing you said. But um, I think that you are right that basically it's time for us to start surveying all age groups and really getting out there because our connection to the internet Actually, this is such an interesting thing. For people who like to think that we are, I mean, we are. We are quite discreet. We also have a podcast now, so look at us thinking how awesome we are. And number two, we are obsessed with (laughs) theorizing (laughs) about the internet itself. So there we go. There's the singer. We're really obsessed. And it just happens to be in a different way. But I'm ready to keep going with this thought. And I think the next step is I'm ready to bring an old person in. I'm sorry. I don't want to call them old, but I'm ready to talk about like, let's bring our dads on or something or our moms. Like that would be highly fascinating. It really would. In conclusion, and I'll probably stand by this for a very long time. (laughs) I just refuse to dismiss the internet as like, something worth talking about. I don't care if we think it is beneath us. I don't care if we don't want to be involved. Like there is so much to discuss within it. And I think the sooner we stop dismissing it, the more interesting conversations we can have. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode, people. And goodbye. All right, thanks for listening. And to find out more about the podcast and what we're up to, head to unrealisticprojects.com. And don't forget to follow us at Unrealistic Projects on Instagram.